Hey everybody, strangers, newcomers, Kurt. <laughs> Hi, Krista. <laughs> Welcome to season two, episode three of the Strain Sessions. How's it going? Good. This is the special headache episode because yeah. we both have really bad headaches. I'm convinced that we're getting too close to the truth with the podcast mm-hmm. and the government is using a headache gun. It's a government conspiracy. It is a government conspiracy. Or aliens. Because Krista started earlier this morning and then mine started on the way here. I still blame your Chinese food. (laughs) (laughs) It could have been the Chinese food, too. But I'm, like, super tired, too. Mm, That could have been the Chinese food, too. (laughs) It could be. I did eat a little more than I should have. It probably doesn't promote energy. (laughs) It probably doesn't. (sighs) So, what 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 should we start out with? I have some weird stuff. Yeah, you do. Um, Let's just dive right in. So, my husband, Jim, used to call himself an atheist. I don't know if he still does. That was 20 years ago when we first met. But he definitely doesn't believe in much, let's put it that way. Um, Over the years, after investigations, things I've told him, experiences I've had, he's always kind of been like the one who tries to rationalize it, you know? Yep. And I, of course, get offended. Like, do you think I'm lying or making it up or hallucinating? (laughs) Well, like, of course, any normal person would. So last week, Monday, I came into the bedroom um, and I'll have to tell you what I was actually thinking about. I was going to say, is this going to have to be an explicit? Are we going to have to mark this <laughs> we'll one explicit? to bleep some stuff out. <laughs> no. Um, well, I'll start with, I was actually in the bathroom. We, Joe and I did an investigation, Joe from Paranormal Palaver. Um, we did an investigation on Saturday for a relative of his, basically like an in-law sort of. And um, Monday... So the Monday prior, I was getting ready for bed, brushing my teeth, and I was going through in my head, because whenever you start an investigation, typically you say some words like, hey, we're just here to communicate, Yeah. Um, blah, 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 we're not here to hurt you. Don't possess us. Yeah, exactly. So I was actually going through that conversation in my head, because it's been a while, you know, and when I got back to the bedroom after I was done brushing my teeth... My husband was in bed, just no shirt, you know, lying under the covers reading. And all of a sudden he goes, do I have something on my, do I have a scratch on my back? And he pulled the covers down and there were like six, and I can even post pictures. There were six really well-defined scratches. Like pretty long scratches. Really long. And for some reason they all start very evenly at the yeah. top and in a position that he could never really do no. that to himself. Unless he took like a garden, <laughs> one of those little garden hose or that whatever those are. Six yeah, that has like on the it. six times Yeah. And then there were some other lighter scratches going in like little bit different directions. And we have a dog and they like to roll around and wrestle, but they weren't doing it with no. him with his, no that, shirt on. Yeah, and he would have known that totally. he... He would have remembered her scratching him. And he, he had been outside earlier and getting a ball out of the shrubs or something in our backyard. And But he, my husband, when he's outside, he's a construction worker. He wears like five layers. Nothing is going to be scratching him no. like that through his shirt. And it was weird because that did look to me like a claw. Yeah. Like something clawed his back. Totally. And so he was really freaked out by this. And People for who don't believe in this totally. stuff, when something happens, it hits them hard. He, like, for the longest time, we went through, I walked around our apartment, or our house, I should say. I was looking for any kind of source. Did you bump into something? I looked at his shirt to make sure there was nothing in his shirt. I don't know what inside your shirt could do that. No, I don't either. But what's interesting about it is that you have talked about getting yeah, scratched Yeah, in my before. old apartment. I've seen pictures. Yep. 
But typically, aren't they gone within like a day? Yeah, mine didn't last long, and mine were usually only three. Mm-hmm. His, he had more than three. Right. So the next day, the only scratches that really remained were four of them. And even like at the end of last week, they were still there, but they were like scabs. It's so weird. Like whatever it was, was strong enough to break his skin. And I, I should look now. It's been almost two weeks. I, I should see if they're still there. I haven't looked or asked him. but So we were... We went out to lunch on Saturday during the day, and we were having a conversation. I'm like, oh, what are you, you going to do tonight while Joe and I are at the investigation? And he's like, oh, I don't know, watch sports. Don't bring anything home with you. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't believe in anything. What am I going to bring home with me? And he's exactly. like, those scratches really freaked me out. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well. Now he knows. Exactly. <laughs> this stuff happened. Totally. So weird. Nothing's ever happened in our house before. It is really I shouldn't weird. say that. There is something that happened once, and I thought of this. Um, downstairs, I don't know, should I talk about it real sure. quick? I was in the bathroom downstairs. So this is a two family. Um, but we have over the years lived in both units. We just took over the whole house kind of thing. So several years ago, I was downstairs in the downstairs bathroom. I had the door closed just to the point where it wasn't latched. It wasn't pushed closed. There was just enough that you could maybe see out into the hall through a tiny little crack, you know? And I was standing there getting ready for work, I think, or something. And I heard, I don't know why this always happens to me, actually. I heard what sounded like someone standing right up to the crack, like going. (sighs) And I thought, oh, totally. And I thought, oh, Jim, you're messing with me. And I grabbed the doorknob and I whipped the door open really fast. And he was no, I think he was on the other side of the house. That's creepy. And the dog was sleeping on the couch. And those are the only two uh, beings that could have done that. And it's weird. It was like, it kind of left me scratching. I'm literally scratching my head right now. It <laughs> left <are>. me. <laughs> she is, folks. She is. <laughs> I, I can verify that. <laughs> kind of scratching my head. And I've never, I haven't really thought too much about it. I didn't really put a whole lot of weight into it because nothing else has ever happened until right now. But I guess I can't technically say nothing's ever happened in the house anymore. Because now a couple things have, but we've yeah. owned it for 11 years. And if that's the only thing, two yeah. things that have happened, yeah, I feel not, pretty lucky. That's not so bad. No, not compared to the stuff you were dealing no, with. No, but so. I'm hoping that your stuff doesn't continue. Yeah, me too. No scratches. No. So, yeah, that's that's my weird news. I don't really have any weird news. No. no. We have some shout outs though. Yeah, we do. We want to give, we gave them a shout out already, but we're giving another shout out to our listeners and friends, Sophie and Adam. I don't know if you guys saw, we posted it. They sent us our first physical piece of fan mail. Very cool. Which was super cool. We, we got just it took here. a picture with it, too. Yep, we brought it here to the studio. It's going to be hanging in the old school media studio. So thank you so much, guys. That, that literally made my day when I totally. opened the mail and got that. Warmed so, my heart. So thank you very much. Yeah, that was awesome. We had a couple new additions to the Strangers group, so next yeah. time we'll give them a shout out. Totally. Yeah. Um. What else do we have? Do we have anything else? remember no we got we house, talked we about the, a whole bunch of stuff on the way here yeah what, we have housekeeping yeah okay um one of the things that we discussed was that we mentioned that our fifth episode was going to be a my favorite murder mm-hmm. style episode but krista and i decided we're going to change that up yeah because paranormal palaver we're we taking a bit of a hiatus are taking a bit of a hiatus right now but we basically took the paranormal thing away totally. from that so now it sounds like they are going to be doing 
true crime yep. and stuff like that. So stay, so stay tuned for that. It's going to be called the True Crime yeah, Crew. And we're going to have crossovers. You know, yeah. they're going to be on our podcast. We might be on theirs. Mm-hmm. So, well, you'll always be on theirs. <laughs> That's but uh, so we're going to we're going to switch it up and do something else instead of the My Favorite Murder. Yeah. Maybe My Favorite Mystery. Or my something. Favorite Mystery we're talking about where we each talk about a little mystery that like maybe couldn't be a whole episode, but we're still kind of fascinated by. So yeah. we might do that instead. Um, what else do we got? I kind of want to get through this stuff because the story we got, the, the main focus of today's episode is pretty beefy. There's Beef. a, it is beefy. beefy. It is like a paranormal casserole. There's a <laughs> lot, there's a lot of paranormal goulash. Nice. It should have been a name of a podcast. Paranormal goulash. Paranormal I Uga, love it. Paranormal goulash. Uh, yeah, I mean, this one goes all over the place. It go, you know, it's this ranch, and then it's underground stuff. It's stuff in space. So there's oh my a, gosh! Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this. So we want to get through the rest of this stuff. I don't think we really have any other housekeeping other than that, but we do have a news story which we oh, yeah. posted in the group. This is and I think so Corey, crazy. I think my brother posted that. Too. He did. Yeah. It is the story of the missing skier. Yeah. You know, and this comes like shortly after our Missing 411 mm-hmm. sequel that we did. This is so bizarre. It is, but I don't... Uh, we'll discuss it after. Okay. But here's the story. Uh, police are trying to piece together how a 49-year-old skier whose disappearance sparked a massive search on a snowy New York mountainside ended up six days later in California, confused and still in ski clothes. Including the goggles. <laughs> Including the goggles. Toronto firefighter Constantinos Danny Philippidis. Wow. Yeah, okay. Told investigators he doesn't know what happened after he was reported missing Wednesday, February 7th from Whiteface Mountain. He was part of a group of Toronto firefighters making their annual ski trip. His colleagues reported him missing at 4.30 p.m. when he did not return from his last run of the day. Police found his car, passport, and other identification cards still at the resort. The search ended six days later when he turned up in Sacramento, California, some 2,500 miles west of where he vanished from, still wearing his ski clothes, including his helmet and goggles. I just don't get that. How do you wander around California dressed like that? He had phoned his wife and called her by a nickname. She quickly recognized the voice and knew that it was him. They lost contact, and he contacted her again, and she kept him on the phone long enough and called 911 and wanted to get him help as soon as possible. He was like all disoriented too, right? He told deputies he didn't remember anything but thought that he suffered a head injury, rode in a big rig style truck, and slept a lot. Philippitis said he bought an iPhone to call his wife and told deputies that a truck dropped him off in downtown Sacramento and he got a haircut. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that's, and I, they're still trying to figure out exactly what happened. And they said, I mean, I was reading a little bit about it. They said there's nothing in his life that they know of that no. would cause him no mental health issues. No, and I've, I've seen people tie it with Happy. the missing 411 stuff. Right. I've seen people say alien abduction. You know, I I don't know. It's just, Drugs. it's really weird. And why he had a get there somehow. Why hasn't like, somebody come forward and said, yeah, right, I gave, like that, a guy, truck driver I gave that guy a ride from New York to California. Yeah. I you know, why is, that. why is nobody coming forward? I mean, is, did, is this like something he did on purpose and now he's trying to right. backtrack? You know, Maybe he I don't know. Maybe he just needed a break. Uh, yeah, life? I, I mean, I, I need know. a break from life sometimes, but I'm not going to no. put on my ski goggles and go to I California. <laughs> I feel like head injury is sort of a plausible explanation. Especially though. him being a firefighter. It could have mm-hmm. been a stress thing. He might have gotten injured a little bit, you know, putting out a fire. So I don't well, know. Well, he maybe had a head injury yeah. while he was skiing. Yeah. They were skiing. Yeah, but, <laughs> so but, I feel like... but how did he get out of there? How did somebody. Yeah. Unless, you know, yeah, I don't know. 
concussion and a little bit of amnesia and you're stumble into the road and someone picks, picks you up yeah, and you're like why hey has, take why has me to california come, why has nobody come forward yet <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely mysterious and a little bit suspicious yes for sure so we'll be keeping an eye on that the last i checked today nothing new had really come out right but that's definitely strange yeah it is it definitely reeks of missing 411 yeah but i think it's too far maybe well, he i don't was know found alive too yeah it's not very common yeah so I just got a feeling that there's something hinky going on that's mm-hmm. going to come out that I don't know. So Some we're going to keep an eye on that. It is a really interesting case, but mm-hmm. we are going to keep an eye on that. Yeah. There's also been an update with the that what we talked about last season in the news stories about that possible weapon that was used in Cuba. That, oh, really? But we'll discuss that next time. Okay. So we'll just stick with the skier that's one That's just a little time. tease. That's just a little tease. All right. <laughs> and one other thing is that we got, I don't know if you guys saw on our page, we got an anonymous question app going where oh, if right. you guys want, you can write in a question and you don't have to say who you are. You don't mm-hmm. have to have the app to do it. You can just go to this box and then just write it in and we will answer it on air. And that's on our Facebook page it is on that our, they can do that? Yeah, but I I tried pinning it, but then it unpins something else. So I'm going to oh. maybe put it up again every can now and then. Can you pin it at the top of the strangers? I can, but not everybody is a member of the strangers. Oh, that's true. But if you're not, you should be. Yeah, you should that's be. That's where it's your most own of our, fault. Yeah, that is where not. most of our discussions <laughs> and stuff happens. So maybe yeah. I'll pin it up in there. That's true. But I checked this morning to make sure that my password was right, and I saw we do have one message. Okay. So somebody did ask us a an anonymous question. So I'm going to get to it right now on my phone. Do do do. That's pretty good. The question. You ready? I'm ready. The question is, why do superheroes wear their underpants on the outside? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Why do... Is this a joke? Is there a punchline? No. Oh, okay. That's it's a true if you question. think about it. Oh, th- I'm picturing Superman right now. Any ideas? <sighs> well, something's got to hold the tights in. True. Wouldn't it be kind of weird if they had just tights on? It's not very... They're not ballet dancers. No. My idea is that maybe they're... That is weird. Why maybe we... with all their jumping up and flying and running that their super junk gets chafed easily. So maybe they need to run outside their pants. They, yeah, but I feel like tights without underwear would be weird. Yeah. Maybe they have... You know, the thing maybe is, if, wearing... you, if you think about it, a lot of the... Like their costumes are really colorful. And mm-hmm. I think if you had just basic blue pants or whatever it would look dumb and i think you have the color it's a fashion choice it's like a fashion thing you have like more color variety rather than like one i don't know this is something that we're actually gonna have to research as as a woman who's worn tights and nylons my my first thought is okay are they wearing underwear and then tights and then like their superhero costume underwear over the top that's possible. a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. If they have to pee, what do they do? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe superheroes don't have to pee. Mm. That would Maybe. be my superpower. Not having, not to, having pee. to pee. Not having to pee. Not being able to burp is not your superpower. <laughs> That's not my superpower. <laughs> no. <laughs> Some people came up to me and they're like, I didn't know you couldn't burp. <laughs> um, hmm, that's a great question. I'm going to go with the we fact should... that we're going to, we'll, we'll research statement. that and we'll come back to you next time with an actual answer. Yeah. But my guess is that it's adding more color to different areas of their body. 
I think because otherwise, if he had just Superman, I don't even know what color his pants are. I think blue. But if he had like just blue pants straight up, it would be a little boring. And I think having this color in there breaks it up. So he's wearing like blue tights and has like red underwear. Yeah, he, the, like the underwear that's over his tights <laughs> are red. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I love that they wear tights. <laughs> so, that's my guess. Is that it adds more color variety to yeah, their costume? Yeah, it's not function. It's aesthetics. aesthetics. Okay. So we'll right. look into that. We'll answer that for next time. This is the kind of stuff I like. I like yeah. researching this stuff. This is interesting. So we will do that next time. I so feel like they have an answer, and that's they why might. they asked. Yeah. Anonymous person, if you have an answer, write it into the app, because yeah. I kind of want to know what your answer is. <laughs> Me too. If not, we will research this and answer this next time. But good question. Yeah, very good question. Thank you, whoever you are, for asking that. Now I'm going to be thinking about that the rest mm-hmm. of the night. I probably won't be able to sleep tonight. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> The next, we have our taste test. Oh, we're going to taste test something? Yep. And it's not a beverage this time, It's not a beverage. It's a snack. And not all these are going to be super gross. The thing is that (laughs) we want to try some different things. That we actually want to recommend to people. That we actually want to recommend to people. And I think this one has the potential to be good or has the potential to be really bad. Uh, Oh. So what it is, is instead of beef jerky, tonight we are trying the epic brand... Smoked maple salmon bar. Ooh. Yeah. I'm a big fan of salmon. I think this could actually be really good. It looks like a big chunk of beef jerky, but it's... So I've had this brand of venison. They have other ones. They have venison. They had buffalo. The venison left a weird film in my mouth, but I think venison is kind of like that. Venison is kind of, I don't know, I don't want to say greasy, but it's like filmy. It is. It's filmy. So this is something that I've actually seen in the past, and I'm always like, I wonder how that is. So you now we like actually like a nice, healthy dinner. I, yeah, I like it. It's healthy. And it, uh, this, I think, might be decent, so that scares me because this might actually be horrible. Yeah, that's true. But if you want to take a picture of it and put it up on our Yeah, 120 Instagram. calories. I bet it looks kind of good. It's like protein. a little loaf of meat. Yeah, it's like a... Salmon loaf. <laughs> it does look like a salmon loaf. <laughs> that doesn't sound very appetizing, but... Oh, it smells like beef jerky. Does it really? Yeah. You wouldn't expect that from salmon. All right, so I'm going to take a picture of the No, now it smells fishy. Side. It smells like smoked fish. Oh, I love smoked yeah. fish. I'm I don't know if huge people all over the country fish. eat smoked fish, but here in Wisconsin, people eat smoked fish like crazy. Well, we have the, you know, a lot of lakes, a lot of... Uh, my grandpa was a commercial fisherman, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah. Perch was like one of his main things. All right. Are, you've got yours open? I got mine open. Okay. If you guys hear voices in the background, it is not ghosts. Uh, <laughs> there are people Crap. using the gym outside of our studio. Oh, here we go. It actually smells really good. Oh, it does smell good. Also smells a little bit like cat food. It does smell like cat food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does smell smoked. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Ready? Go. Hmm. Mm. Not quite as good as I expected. No, it kind of tastes like what I imagine cat food would taste like. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. Huh. Yeah, it's no. a little weird. No. I feel like it needs to be cold. Maybe it would taste better cold. There's something really strong in here besides this. Uh, oh, dill. I, it's I, the dill. There's I, too much dill. Um, no. Oh, it's I don't got like, like a... It. It's got like a bad rotten fish aftertaste. It does. Like being slapped, punched in How the face by a dead fish. How much did you pay for these? It was like three bucks. <laughs> punched in the face by a smoky dead fish. <laughs> well, no, I so can't much even, for our healthy dinner. No, I can't, I can't, I can't even finish either. it. Oh. 
I'm sorry. I need to eat some nuts to get the taste of. <laughs> oh, now we gotta be. Now we gotta mark explicit. Sorry. Oh, because I said nuts. Because you said nuts. Mm. Yeah, I don't like that at all. all right. We will not oh, be recommending gosh. this to anyone. I mean, unless you really Ooh. like, unless you really like fish. I love fish, though. Like I'm a big fish eater. Yeah. And that is not good. No. And I love salmon. Oh uh, no. What do you What do you say on a scale of one to ten? Two. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with two. I mean, I feel like make it in pill form and I'll swallow it with some maybe water. If, maybe if somebody really liked fish, they would like this. But that's but somebody. I really like that. Somebody is not me. Oh, maybe if after, someone really likes cat food, that tastes just more. They would like either. this. No. Oh no. Nope. This is. I'm sure their other bars are very good. The venison one was okay. It was I couldn't get around the filmy, weird texture. Oh, it's gonna like come yeah. back too. Yeah. Into the garbage. All right, guys. This is a no go. Sorry, Epic. <laughs> Good call. Maybe we'll just leave those on the table for Jeff and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> they can enjoy that. Oh, want a piece of gum? I yeah, got gum. So I do. Okay. <laughs> oh, I expected that to be way better. It's than like that. coming back up through yeah. my nose. It's like, yeah. Oh. All right. <laughs> no. All right. Sorry, guys. This is captivating podcasting. <laughs> captivating audio. Oh, that's better. Okay. The first bite, it was the, the first, it was like, maybe this isn't so bad, but then the more you chewed it. There was a lot of dill. There's a lot of this and fish. The, yeah, <laughs> and like, not good fish. I love smoked salmon. It's like, I buy smoked salmon all the time. All right. Now we are ready to dive into the main story, which is going to be Skinwalker Ranch. And like I said, this is meaty. So <laughs> grab a sandwich, grab a drink. This one goes all over the place. Don't grab an epic smoked salmon bar. No. Joe, stay tuned for uh, theory number three, because that's going to be right up your alley. Oh, sweet. All right. So here we go. Skinwalker okay. Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch, also known as Sherman Ranch, is a property located a little less than a mile southeast of Ballard, Utah, located in the Unitaw Basin of northeastern Utah and surrounded on three sides by mountains and cliffs. Sounds but, nice. Yeah, it sounds like, <laughs> you know, you and Jim Pretty. are looking for like a ranch style place. <laughs> sure. you, this, this would be right up your alley. Totally. By most accounts, the area known as Skinwalker Ranch was settled by a family named Myers in 1905. They put up a small homestead of a few buildings on the property's northwest corner at the foot of a ridge and at the edge of the fields. The original homestead was abandoned after the Myers moved to a home on the eastern side of the ranch. Although the Myers family didn't officially report any strange occurrences, neighbors at the time are said to have experienced many strange happenings. Okay. In 1951, a local science teacher named Junior Hicks and the students of his elementary class saw what looked like a large object cross the sky during broad daylight. Junior recognized that something strange was going on around the basin and began documenting the unusual accounts which resulted in a record of over 400 different paranormal events in the area of Skinwalker Ranch. Wow. Some dating back more than five decades. But the owners never reported anything no, strange? No, That's odd. Hicks wrote, quote, The UFO activity really started getting intense in the early 50s. There were cases where the whole school and all the teachers saw these things hovering over the town in broad daylight. In the 60s and 70s, we probably had more UFO sightings than any place in the world. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
Along with the sightings by the locals, Hicks began to look into Native American lore surrounding the area after finding out that the local Ute tribe refused to enter the ranch property. He discovered that the Utes, who had lived in the area for thousands of years, believed the land to be cursed and plagued with mythical, non-human, shape-shifting creatures called skinwalkers. The Ute Indians referred to the 400-acre plot of land as the Path of the Skinwalker. Hmm. That's what I'm most familiar with about it is the shapeshifters. Yeah. That's what I've heard yep. and read the most about. Uh, by, de- by definition, a skinwalker is a shaman or witch, usually of Native American origin, who uses magic to transform into an animal of their choosing. They are able to kill an animal, wear its pelt for a while, and then are able to change into that animal at will, hence the name skinwalker. Hmm. I didn't know that. No. Going to this, that, that that was actually... Like a Native American Yeah, like thing. a Native... Yeah. In the Navajo culture, skinwalkers can assume different forms based on their need. If they want to fly, they can be a bird, then transform into a wolf when they reach their destination. Due to their inhuman bursts of speed, they are nearly impossible to catch and difficult to kill. Somewhere along the way, the word skinwalker has also become used to describe evil otherworldly creatures that have the ability to transform themselves into other forms. These skinwalkers, when in human form, are often described as lurkers, standing motionless outside windows or approaching people on lonely highways. That's creepy. They can read minds to know what scares people and then use that information to instill fear and control their victims. Some people say that discussing them out loud can attract their attention. Oh, good. Yeah, so it's good that we're talking about this. Yeah. We're surrounded by like fields and and forests. (laughs) So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's... you know, like the whole uh, that they know what scares people most that kind of gets into like black-eyed kids. I was totally and, thinking that. I yeah. wonder if black-eyed kids are skinwalkers. That's what it kind of... I mean, they they share a lot of the same that's, similarities. That's crazy, actually. I've never made that connection before. Yeah, that was like one of the first things I thought of was, you know, like people say when they see black-eyed kids... That overwhelming fear. They just like this feeling of over- overwhelming fear. And all they do is stand there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's all they're able to do is and just scared. Wow, interesting. So yeah. Oh boy, that fish taste. Yeah. Time for it. Just keeps coming back <laughs> after one bite. One bite. No good. All right. The Utes, described by historians as a fierce and warlike people, were usually aligned with the Navajo against common enemies during the 1800s. But when the Utes first acquired horses from the Spanish, they embraced the Spanish example of engaging in the slave trade. They reportedly abducted Navajos and other Indians and sold them in New Mexico slave markets. Later, during the American Civil War, some Ute groups took orders from Kit Carson in a military campaign against the Navajo. According to Hicks, the Utes believed that the Navajo placed a curse on their tribe in retribution for these many perceived transgressions. And ever since that time, the skinwalker has plagued the land of the Ute people. Hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of, if you guys really want to get into this, there's a lot of really fascinating stuff about the the Indian beliefs as far as skinwalkers go. Yeah. Um, we're, we're really only like touching on the topic of all this stuff today. I really want to have a follow-up episode about this at some point because there's so much stuff in here okay so some of these guys that that go on podcasts and discuss this stuff when we get our skype up and running good i would really like to have somebody knowledgeable about this and and interview with them yeah that'd be amazing because i'm really fascinated this is like missing 411 level fascination stuff for me after reading about the skinwalker ranch okay well i'm prepared to be fascinated all right back to the ranch 
From the late 70s to early 1990s, not much is known about the ranch nor its owners, except that it sat inexplicably vacant for many of those years. Then, in 1994, Terry Sherman and his wife Gwen purchased the ranch with the intent of starting a cattle ranch business. The land had been seemingly abandoned by the previous owners, and the couple were curious as to why such prime property was not being used. One of the first things that they noticed upon visiting the ranch was at some point, the previous owners had put deadbolts on almost all of the windows and doors inside the house, including the kitchen cabinets. Even stranger, many doors, including all of the closets, had deadbolts on both sides. So deadbolts on both sides? On both sides. Okay. Yeah, like the closets had wow. had the deadbolts, so you could something put in something in there or, or lock something out. Yeah, but it was on the kitchen cabinets. Everything was deadbolted. Okay. They also discovered that at both ends of the house, they found huge iron stakes that were driven into the ground, and large, heavy chains had been tied to the stakes, much heavier chains than would be needed for a dog. More like for a werewolf? Exactly. Okay. On the first day that the Shermans moved their things onto the property, they noticed an extremely large wolf in a nearby pasture watching them. The wolf slowly and cautiously made its way across the field and, to the surprise of everyone, came up to the family like a long-lost pet, even letting the family members pet it. After a few minutes... Are they sure it was a wolf? Yeah. Yeah, it was a wolf. After a few minutes, the wolf casually trotted over to the corral and grabbed a young calf by its snout, trying to pull it through the corral bars. God. (laughs) Terry and his son rushed over to the calf's aid and began beating on the wolf's back with an axe handle but the wolf refused to release the calf. Terry had his son get him his 357 Magnum from his truck. After getting the gun, he shot the wolf in its side from Point Blake range. This had no effect on the wolf. He shot it a couple more times, but the wolf didn't bleed or even make a sound. It simply ignored the shots and continued pulling on the calf. The rancher went and got a shotgun from his truck and shot the wolf again once more at close range. Nothing happening again. After several more shots, the wolf looked at them, turned away, and slowly trotted across the field into a muddy thicket. Sherman and his father tracked the beast for about a mile, following its paw prints through the mud, but the paw prints suddenly ended, as if the wolf had simply vanished into thin air. Several more sightings of very large, strange, wolf-like creatures occurred during their time at Skinwalker Ranch. During one of these times, Sherman's wife spotted a large wolf as she drove her car through the gated entry to the farm. According to her, the wolf was three times larger than, nor- than a normal wolf, its head reaching above the roof of the car she oh was driving. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Have you seen Twilight? <laughs> yeah. The wolves? Maybe it was, I don't know if it was shimmering, or is that just the vampires? That's the vampires. Okay. No, but the wolves are huge. Yeah. Hmm. But there's, there's I need a, to know if the calf survived. <laughs> a lot of these didn't. You're going to find out. Oh, boy. But a lot of the stories about this all start with this wolf. Okay. You know, and they, everybody says it's weird that it just trotted up to the family and they were well, petting it. Yeah. And it's, I was like, oh, a calf. And it went and tried pulling it right through the bars. And, hey, guys, I'll be right back. I'm yeah. going to we'll murder this calf over here. Snack. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of the stories about Skinwalker Ranch start with this. Okay. Maybe he's like the spokesperson. It's possible, the greeter. (laughs) Yeah. And here are some other events that occurred at the ranch. Sometimes in the middle of the night, the entire pasture would light up as if illuminated by football stadium lights for no reason. Wow. Aliens. Strong musk-like odors would appear in the house, coming on and leaving seemingly at random. Bright shafts of light could be seen beaming from the ground towards the sky. A huge three-toed dinosaur-like footprint and other strange prints were constantly found on the property. 
So that's actually, um, have you seen the Paranormal Activity movies? Just the first one. That's that. There were like, that's the kind of footprints that were in the house. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, they they in would the powder. They found all sorts of weird footprints. Mm. They said they found ones that were like looked like they were from giant birds of prey. They found ones that were they, they looked like dinosaur prints, and they said these prints would constantly turn up. Okay. Wow. Next one is that the family often heard what they described as the sound of large earth-moving machinery coming from inside the ground. Strange animals were often seen roaming around the ranch. Bright tropical birds were spotted in the trees. Wolf-sized spiders were witnessed. What? And their dogs became so fearful of the activity that they cowered in their dog houses and refused to come out, even for food and water. Six of their outdoor cats disappeared in a single night. Wolf? size spiders, spiders. <laughs> yeah i can deal with all the rest of that stuff <laughs> yeah a tr- tropical bird i'm fine with if you want to yeah. put a tropical bird in my tree that's fine but i draw the line at wolf size spiders nope i need a big ass can of raid oh my god yeah and then the cats disappeared while working in the middle of the pasture the family would often hear mysterious voices seemingly floating in the air above them conversing with each other in an unknown language from the ranch house, Bigfoot-like creatures were sometimes seen lumbering through the fields in the distance. What the hell is yeah, going like on at this I don't place? know, but it's like a, a paranormal greatest hits, you know. <laughs> the only thing they didn't have was like a pond that had a Loch Ness Monster in it. On at least one occasion, a distinctly blue sunny daylit sky was seen at night through what looked like a rip or tear in the night sky. Crop circles, strange circular ice patterns, and large holes in the ground would appear overnight in all areas all around the Skinwalker Ranch property. One day, Mrs. Sherman returned from the grocery store with several bags of groceries. She unpacked the groceries, placing each item in the cabinet or refrigerator. She folded the bags, left them on the counter, then made a quick trip to the bathroom. When she returned, she found the bags back on the counter filled with the groceries that she had just unloaded only moments before. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, annoying because I hate putting groceries away. Yeah, but now you got to do it again. Right. That feels very poltergeisty. I, that's the thing is that there's Bigfoot things, mm-hmm. wolf-sized spiders. It's like everything It is. It's basically want. like a mixture of everything. UFOs. Wow. There were constant sightings of strange crafts. The Shermans even reported seeing a refrigerator-shaped object about the size of an RV with a white light at the front and a red light in the back. Terry had seen it out the window and noticed that he thought it was an RV stuck in his pasture. Thinking that a tourist was lost and stuck, he told his wife he was going outside to help them, and as he approached the vehicle, it rose straight up into the air and flew off into the night. There were constant cattle mutilations on the ranch, and this was one of the bigger things that happened there were the cattle, the cattle mutilations. Mm-hmm. Where a typical rancher might lose 1% of his herd in a bad year, Terry Sherman had already lost 20% of his herd in just 20 months. Some had their genital areas mutilated, while others had its eyes completely removed, as if done surgically. Well, isn't that common with a lot of it? Of, yeah, it's a lot very of... Surgical. We're going we're to probably end up having an a episode at some point about just cattle, cattle mutilations. Mutilation, yeah. <laughs> One day, as the Shermans were driving off the property to run errands in town... Sherman commented about his four bulls out loud, saying that, quote, they would sure be in big trouble if they ever lost one of those bulls. When they returned from town, all four bulls were missing. They searched the grounds, finding nothing. As a last resort, Terry checked the small cattle trailer that was near the fence and was shocked to find the four bulls tightly locked inside. The trailer was still locked with wire wrapped tightly around the clasp and thick cobwebs bracketed the edges of the doorway. It's almost like something was trying to protect them. Whatever had moved the cattle into the trailer had seemingly done so without using the door. 
Terry knew that it would have been nearly impossible to coach even one of the large, aggressive bulls into the small container, much less four of the beasts. So see, there is a lot of... That's weird. There's a lot of weird things at this ranch. The family started seeing faces peering into the windows and then started seeing the same figure standing at the foot of their beds at night. Nope. The family found it difficult to sleep at night. Well, yeah. yeah. Really? (laughs) Surprisingly. (laughs) They found it surprisingly difficult to sleep at night. (laughs) When they did manage to grab a few hours of sleep, they were plagued by violent nightmares, often discovering the next day that different family members had experienced the same dreams during the night. The family all started sleeping on the floor in the front room, hoping for safety and numbers. When you got to start doing that, it's time to, it's move. Time to move. Time to sell the yeah. ranch. Time to look at realtor.com. The old ranch. Yeah. Find, <laughs> find someplace else. I feel like the wolf sized spiders would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I would have thought, you know what? <laughs> I'm out. And when my six cats disappeared, probably eaten yeah. by the wolf sized spiders. Totally. One of the most common occurrences on the ranch was the witnessing of strange flying orbs seen around the property. The orbs were seen in varying sizes and colors. In 1995 and 1996, the Shermans and other guests on the property reported 12 separate incidents where large orange circles were seen flying over the trees at the center homestead. Hmm. Terry Sherman claims that holes occasionally opened up in the orange sphere and that other smaller spheres would fly out. A neighboring rancher confirmed the sightings, telling a reporter of his own encounters with what he called, quote, a flying orange basketball. The orbs of light seemed interested in the cattle, often hovering over their heads. Blue orbs were also witnessed on the property, and unlike the orange orbs, the blue orbs were considered extremely dangerous. Again, about basketball size, the objects skirted around the property, making quick, precise turns. One evening in May of 1996, Sherman was outside with three of his cattle dogs when he noticed a blue orb darting around in the field near the house. Sherman urged his dogs to go after the blue ball. The dogs chased and snapped at the orb, but the orb dodged and maneuvered enough to stay just beyond the reach of the snapping jaws. The ball led the dogs out across the pasture and into the thick brush that borders the field. I don't like it. Sherman's... You're not going to like it. Sherman said that he watched the dogs enter the brush heard a series of terrible yelps, and then silence. He called for them, but they didn't respond. Sherman was freaked out, so he wanted to wait till the next day to go look. (gasps) What? Yeah, I know. Bad dog owner. That is a very bad dog owner. I would have never encouraged my Lucy to go after them in the first place. The next morning, Sherman went to look for the dogs. When he went to the brush, what he found were three round spots of dried and brittle vegetation, and in the middle of each circle was a black, greasy lump leading Terry to believe that the dogs had been incinerated by something. That's strange. Well, yeah. the orbs, I suppose. Yeah. I've Wonder also if they seen were them. like electrical. I don't know. I've also seen them described as puddles of goo, uh, which I think was a 90s band. I hope it was. <laughs> Not to be confused with Puddle of Mud. mud. The, um, death, the death of the dog served as a tipping point. Hopefully, <laughs> tipping Jesus, point, really? <laughs> my tipping point would have been a long time ago. The that wolf first day size the, spiders. <laughs> yeah, I would have been with the wolf coming up, getting petted, and then trying to pull, yeah. <laughs> and then taking shotgun blast to the side and be like, hey, whatever. That would be traumatic. That would have been my tipping point. I hope the dogs went fast. That's all I have to say. Yeah. The death of the dog served as a tipping point, and the Shermans decided to leave the ranch. So how long were they there? They were there for, they were there for a while. Wow. To have documented all that, I, I guess I'd yeah. be a little crazy if that all I happened. might be wrong, but I don't want to turn my computer on and find out. <laughs> uh, 
All right. So that is the Shermans being at Skinwalker Ranch. It's crazy that the previous owners never reported anything strange. But yeah, then... but the neighbors did. That's the neighbors said that they saw stuff, but the yeah. owners didn't say anything. And maybe the owners. But then they were also like... had the the bolted the doors right. that were bolted on both sides. Maybe the owners were like, "We'll never sell this place if we." And talk the weird about... chains, like the weird yeah. huge chains that were werewolf chains. We know yeah. they're werewolf chains. Word had gotten out of the bizarre incidents at the ranch, so people knew what was going on there. In late 1996, hotel tycoon and aerospace entrepreneur Bob Bigelow bought the property from the Shermans for $200,000. <laughs> Not to be confused with Deuce... Deuce Bigelow? Deuce Bigelow? <laughs> when I listened, <laughs> when I listened, I listened to the, uh, the uh, Sofa King podcast about this, and they kept calling him Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, he's going to, we're going to listen, we're going to hear a lot about Bob. Okay. But yeah, late 1996, hotel tycoon and aerospace entrepreneur Bob Bigelow bought the property from the Shermans for $200,000, which for a, a huge ranch like that yeah, is dirt cheap. Yeah, that's a steal. Well, yep. <laughs> he didn't know what he was getting, of course, but. No, he did. That's why, this is why he wanted it. Oh, really? It. Okay. Bigelow wanted to turn the property into a research facility to study the paranormal events. Bigelow founded a group called NIDS, the National Institute for Discovery Science, to formalize the project. So wait, he was a hotel entrepreneur? A hotel entrepreneur and aerospace. Oh, aerospace. Okay, there's our connection. Yep, hotel and aerospace. Okay. And then he started this group called NIDS because he wanted a group to study what was going on out there. Over a period of time, he hired psychologists, engineers, veterinarians, physicists, researchers, and biologists to aid in his research. He locked down the ranch, hiring <laughs> former military security guards to keep it protected from outsiders, and he created a science advisory board and brought in state-of-the-art equipment. And I, I like this idea. I think this is, I think this is like one of the only times where I, I've heard of this, where there's a place where tons of things are happening. Somebody buys it and actually sets up a scientifically based right. research, research group. Facility. Yeah, hmm. I, I just thought that was amazing that he yeah. did that. This is in 96? Yes. Okay. Terry Sherman agreed to stay on as the ranch manager, caring for the livestock he kept there to act as bait for the paranormal activity. One of the researchers hired for the ranch was Ph.D. Colm A. Keller, a biochemist with 15 years of cell and molecular biology experience. Kelleher became the deputy administrator of NIDS and documented the events that transpired at the ranch. George Knapp, a respected journalist, also joined the team. Uh, Knapp and Kelleher were the ones that wrote, there's a book called Hunt for the Skinwalker. And it was at my library. And this just drives me nuts. That it's weird. I, I've checked out this book maybe five times over the last 10 years because I'm kind of fascinated by this. And three weeks ago, I checked it out from the library. I brought it home and I started reading it knowing that we were going to be doing this podcast. Mm -hmm. But at the time, I was also getting ready for the trivia contest I did this last weekend. So I'm like, you know what? I'll I'll take it back and I'll get it the week before the contest and then I'll read it this week. So I went back last week and the book wasn't on the shelf. So I looked at the books that had to be returned to the shelf and there was nothing. And I went and looked at the computer that has the the card catalog on it and there's no trace of the book ever being at the library and i think it's so weird that after like right after you i returned it i it just out. checked it out like three weeks ago that it's gone and you would think if they were cleaning house and it was i mean it wasn't like it was beaten up it was it was still in good condition well not only that but they wouldn't get rid of a book that someone clearly people are checking it out and using yeah. it because yeah. you just did yeah so what happened to the book i have no idea 
but I was pissed That's because him. I wanted the book. It's Mandela I, effect, I wanted man. to, yeah, I want, <laughs> I wanted to read the book in order to to do that, to do this podcast, and it wasn't there, and there's no trace of it ever being there. So that's that's when <laughs> we know. Really <laughs> that's weird. when we know the strange sessions is on yeah. the right when when we're a threat to the yep. government and the the library system. Yep, they're on to us. So yeah, uh, Kelleher and Knapp wrote that book, and it's a really good book talking about the things that happened at the ranch. Which I couldn't read because it wasn't at the library <laughs> anymore. In August of 1996, NIDS began its investigation. They installed video cameras and other sensitive monitoring equipment, built new fencing, and constructed observation posts manned with trained observers. Teams investigated the ranch in pairs, often bringing a dog along with them as they made their rounds. And it sounds like they're doing everything. So, did anything ever happen to people, though? Because it sounds like all the strange occurrences yeah. happened to not animals. The, not the, well, there's there's more stuff coming, okay. but nothing. Like, so far, nobody got fried. <laughs> like left right. a left a gooey, greasy or hurt puddle. In any, yeah. No. Okay. But I'm just really impressed with what they're doing here. Totally. I want to be part of that. That yeah. sounds really exciting, yeah. actually. Except for the wolf side spiders. Yeah. The very first night of the investigation, the groups reported seeing two bright yellow orbs hovering 15 to 20 feet off the ground. As they moved closer to the lights, they saw a human-like animal bolt and climb high into a tree. They moved towards the tree line to get a closer look at the animal and were stunned by the apparent size of the animal. An area rancher who accompanied the scientist fired shots at the creature. I wonder, was he supposed to or was he just... I was thinking, I would think if you were a scientist with this guy, you'd be like, dude, don't shoot the thing. Yeah, we're here to study it, yeah. not murder it. So I, did, I couldn't find anything about that, but I just wondered about that. Yeah, he fired shots at the creature. Thinking that they wounded the animal, they searched the ground for traces of blood or a body, not finding anything. Strange tracks were discovered in the snow. The tracks were large, clearly defined, and indicated the animal had large human-like feet with very long claws. Not wanting public exposure that would bring onlookers and disrupt their scientific research, NIDS decided they needed to remain quiet about the occurrences at the ranch. Several of these experiences were not known for years. In January of 1997, activity at the ranch began to majorly escalate with a series of strange cattle mutilations. In the midst of an intense snowstorm with temperatures plummeting to 30 below zero, three calves were found with odd wounds on their ears and eyes. Two of them had circular spots cut out of their eyelids, while the third calf's ears had been shredded as if cut with scissors. Were they alive? No. Okay. In another instance, a dead calf was found splayed out nearly spread eagle, one of its legs had been brutally yanked off from the knee socket and was placed away from the body as though it was staged. All of the calf's internal organs were missing and the body was entirely drained of blood. There wasn't so much as a drop of blood on or around the body. The calf had a yellow identification tag on its missing ear, and even though the entire ranch was searched, the tag was never found. Poor baby cows. The veterinarian called to inspect them found the injuries to be strange. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Really? No <laughs> shit, Sherlock. <laughs> Especially considering they occurred both during the midst of a major snowstorm, and rather than the wounds having a jagged tear or bite marks from a predator, they appeared to have been created by a very sharp metallic blade or a laser cutting tool. They deduced that the dismemberment would have taken quite some time to complete, which was baffling to the scientists because on at least one occasion, the cow was seen alive moments earlier and the researchers never left within 300 yards of the animal. They were also astounded that 40% of the body mass of the mutilated animals could be removed without leaving a single trace of blood on the ground. Yeah, that's strange. And they, they alleged, apparently didn't hear anything either. No, no. But they would, they'd be finding these all the time. think a calf would be screaming if something y were... You would think... But I just I thought it was weird that 
because no it would have been, if it would have been a wolf or something that attacked it, it would have had jagged bite marks. It would sure. not have looked like it was sheared off well, by a knife. And it would try to eat it. Yeah. You know. The scientists also began to notice that there were very strange magnetic anomalies and fluctuations that seemed to appear randomly around the ranch. They also noticed that when the researchers saw a high reading, the cows and dogs were often reacting as though they were seeing something the humans couldn't detect. Hmm. Strange things continually happened, including padlocks constantly disappearing, gates seemingly closing and opening on their own, strange aircraft, balls of light floating above the ground, poltergeist activity in and around the property, cattle mutilations, and brief sightings of what appeared to be humanoid-like creatures roaming the ranch. <laughs> so, it's like a crazy vortex is, of like... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. That's one of the theories about it. It's like the encyclopedia... You know, gathering of yep. all paranormal activity. In one of the most bizarre occurrences, the NIDS team was observing the ranch from atop a bluff that was on the perimeter of the ranch. They noticed a faint yellow light appear in the distance. One of the researchers grabbed a pair of binoculars and watched as the yellow light continuously grew larger. As the researcher watched, a large, black, faceless humanoid form seemed to step out of the light and walked off into the darkness. The yellow light then slowly faded until it was gone. They spent the rest of the night and most of the next day searching for footprints or the sign of the creature, but finding nothing. So it's weird. I mean, that's exactly what it sounds like. It's like some kind of weird portal. Well, and it sounds like something is invisible and can roam around. Yeah. Yeah. Inside but, the house. You and... know, when you when you research this the Skinwalker Ranch, you're going to see this one too a lot with the the the, the creature stepping out of the the portal, the ball of light. Hmm. By 2002, paranormal activity at the Skinwalker Ranch had begun to decline and by year's end reached the point where the National Institute for Science Discovery decided it was no longer financially feasible to keep a full-time crew of researchers on the premises. Scientists continued making occasional visits and recording incidents, but the group was basically disbanded in 2004. Things stayed quiet at the ranch until it came out in 2016 that the ranch was bought by a company called Adamantium Holdings. There seems to be a lot of speculation whether or not Bigelow is involved with Adamantium Holdings on the ranch. Currently tied up with legal situations of blocking off the roads due to constant trespassers, they've kind of had their hands full because people are going there like crazy and people now are starting to get, you know, at first they were kind of like, just get off the property and now if you step on the property, it's like area you're, 51. yeah, now if you step on the property, you're thrown in jail. Who's that guy from Blink-182? Tom DeLong is maybe he bought it there. He came up in here, but I didn't <laughs> oh, include did him in this thing. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, a company called Adamantium Holdings now owns, but people are trying to figure out if this Bigelow, Bob Bigelow is still involved with it or not. All in all, there were over 600 anomalous incidents gathered on Skinwalker Ranch property from 1994 to 2016. And that's a lot of weird yeah, things. That's like a paranormal investigator's dream. Yep. Or nightmare. When asked about the study, one of the NIDS researchers was quoted as saying, quote, It isn't as simple as saying that it's ETs or flying saucers doing it. It's some kind of consciousness, but it's always something new and different, something non-repeatable. It's reactive to people and equipment, and we set up the ranch to be a proving ground for the scientific method, but science doesn't seem amenable to the solution of these kinds of problems. Well, it seems like such a variety of different things. How could it just be one thing? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like everything. Like I said, the only thing that's missing is like the Loch Ness Monster. They got Bigfoots. They have the, the spiders. They have the orbs. They have the UFOs. Mm -hmm. They have the ghosts, the poltergeist stuff. Yeah. So it's just crazy. In a 2017 interview on 60 Minutes... 
Bigelow was interviewed and he said the following. In 60 minutes? Yeah. How did I miss this? I don't know. The reporter asked, do you believe in aliens? Bigelow answered, I'm absolutely convinced. That's all there is to it. Interview said, do you believe that UFOs have come to Earth? Bigelow answered, there has been and is an existing presence, an ET presence. And I spent millions and millions and millions. I probably spent more as an individual than anybody else in the United States has ever spent on this subject. Interview said, is it risky for you to say that in public, that you believe UFOs and aliens exist? He said, I don't give a damn. I don't care. Interview said, you don't worry that some people will say, did you hear that guy? He sounds like he's nuts. He said, I don't care. And the interview said, why not? And he said, it's not going to make a difference. It's not going to change reality. Interviewer said, do you imagine that in our space travels, we will encounter other forms of intelligent life? Bigelow said, you don't even have to go anywhere. And the interviewer said, you can find it here. Where exactly? And Bigelow said, it's just like right under people's noses. Oh my gosh. Wow. Hmm. So yeah. I wonder if I could find that on YouTube or something. I'd like to see that. You can, because I found clips of it. I didn't watch it. But I mean, this Bigelow guy is like a multi-millionaire. Yeah. But we're going to get into him a little more. Okay. So that's that's, that's what happened. Gist. That's the gist of Skinwalker Ranch. In a nutshell. Yeah. Right now, the the road that basically goes to Skinwalker Ranch is a public road, okay. but they have it barricaded off so people can't use it, hmm. and that's pissing off some of the neighbors. So that's kind of turned into a big thing right now, hmm. and they've been constantly throwing people into jail that trespass. Uh, Joe posted that the the other podcast about this. That had a lot of stories. There was a story from somebody from Wisconsin about what they've seen in that area. Really? Yeah, but I kind of want to hold off on all that stuff until okay. we do another episode or up. interview somebody. You know, I'd really like to interview somebody that knows more about this because I'm like really fascinated by this whole thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Just the amount of activity yep. and the level of the activity is like nothing. Yeah, it's like I've ever it's heard. like insane. It's like if this is true, right? If it's true, you know, there's but there's a lot of accounts of people seeing this stuff. Well, and they had an entire scientific research yeah, facility yeah. there. Yep. I would love to see if they have actual video footage of things like that. Yeah, if they do, I doubt we would get to see it. Probably not. So now we get to the theories. Okay. There's three basic theories. Theory number one, nothing happened. It was just an urban legend that got blown out of proportion. What do you think? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think pa- with the neighbors th- reporting activity... Yeah. Part of me thinks so because in these accounts that I read, there were a lot of different, you know, because like when they, when that, the first wolf came up that got petted and they first attacked it, some accounts said they used an axe handle. Some accounts said they used a stick. Some accounts said they used a baseball bat. Yeah, when you get discrepancies It was all different. It was all discrepancies. A lot of them followed the same basic storyline, but there was a lot of different, Mm -hmm. a, a lot of different things. And it just... You know, I believe in this stuff, but this seems kind of like a little... It's a lot. It, it seems like a lot, you know, <laughs> and this could, be, this could be one of those things where people saw lights in the sky mm-hmm. and it got blown up into this, but he did buy this place and had a group there. That's a huge investment for... Yeah, that is a huge investment. Nothing happening. I, I feel like there's something going on yeah. there. If it's yep. the level of what is described in, you know, what you've been reading, who knows? Yeah, I, but, you know, like a lot of the accounts of the creature coming out of the light the portal a lot of those are basically the same Hmm. it's in that book you know but i had a hard time finding who was there as far as researchers oh you know but maybe they also can't talk about 
this or don't want to talk I'm about sure this. you're not going to find an employee list for Area 51 no, either. No, <laughs> So, But you know, like if you were a respected physicist, are you going to tell people that you Hell were out no. here chasing Probably spiders? Probably not. And, no. Wolf-sized spiders. Yeah. So that is one of the theories is that nothing actually happened, that this is all a story that got blown out of proportion. So that's... I, I feel like that's not true. Like nothing yeah, happened. Yeah. I feel like that's not true. Something had to have started this. Theory number two, the ranch is a hotbed of unexplained paranormal phenomena. Okay. Could be. The, what's the theory of why, though? I don't know. They, okay. Uh, some, some of the theories say that for some reason on that property, there are portals. Some kind of vortex? Yeah, or... a portal that, that goes to a different, you know, somebody said an alternate universe or an alternate reality because that ties in with the seeing the sunlight, mm-hmm. like through a crack the in the rip. sky. Yeah. You know, and and there are reports that people saw like a rip form in the in the sky and a ship come out of it, and then the the rip closed back up. Wow! So maybe it's flat Earth. <laughs> they went through the portal be. on the it other side be. and came out on this side. <laughs> it could be. People uh, loved our flat Earth episode, and I'm so episode. happy that you guys really liked that. Yeah, that was, was one of, of our more fun ones to do, and so many people were afraid that we were gonna agree that we were. Gonna, oh my god! That we were gonna jump on board they with the clearly flat Earth. don't know us. No, no. <laughs> All right. So yeah, theory number two is that this stuff is actually happening. Mm-hmm. And the, the leading theory seems to be that there is a portal that these creatures or whatever is happening Why is coming Why would you through. have so many different things happening in one place? You I know? don't know. I don't know. One of, the, one of the, going back to number one, that nothing happened, one of the theories was that there was like a weird combination of whatever the ground is made up there, you know, like the soil, the rocks, that it's... Quartz. Isn't quartz Yeah, like... that it's like quartz or that there's some kind of magnetic... You know, they talked about there being magnetic fluctuations. Yeah. Maybe there's some kind of magnetism thing there that, you know, it's like in ghost hunting, if you're standing near a big power box that gives off a ton of power, you can you're going to feel like something and... is there. You're going to feel like something is yeah. wrong. So maybe there's something in that area that... You know, causing a people to is causing people to hallucinate, mm. or B is causing actual paranormal things to happen. Could be. How do you hallucinate cattle mutilations? I'm not sure. But... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> huh. I don't know. But those those could happen. be manifesting. Yeah. Things, though. Yeah. And those the cattle mutilations we'll discuss in another episode. But those happen. Mm-hmm. All over. The, all over. All over the place. But not here just it was just like very prevalent on Skinwalker Ranch. Mm. So yeah, that's one. Is nothing happened? Two is that stuff did happen. And number three, this one's for Joe, and I actually really kind of like this one. It's an Illuminati slash government conspiracy. Like they created the story? Okay. Okay, going back to the Area 51 episode, remember we talked about Bob Lazar, Mm -hmm. who claimed that he was hired at Area 51 to reverse engineer crashed UFOs. Yeah, yep. According to Lazar, uh, these UFOs were powered by something called Element 115. Which okay. created like an anti-gravity that would allow these ships to fly. There are rumors that rods of Element 115 were found on the Skinwalker Ranch property many, many years ago, perhaps from a crashed alien vessel. Bigelow, who is in cahoots with the Illuminati, purchased the property to retrieve, study, and reverse engineer the alien material using NIDS as a cover. Hmm. Once everything was gathered, examined, and studied, NIDS was disbanded and they left the ranch. The paranormal things that happened to the Sherman family were either caused by the strange space materials themselves being on the property, acting like some kind of magnetic distortion, or, and I personally love this next theory because this is like basically every Scooby-Doo episode, (laughs) 
if it weren't for those meddling kids. The paranormal events were actually concocted by the government slash Illuminati attempting to scare the Shermans off the property so Bigelow could buy it cheaply and get his hands on whatever was there. Well, so they were like orchestrating Yeah, so they stuff. orchestrated all the paranormal <laughs> the guys stuff. running around in suits. Yeah, like in Scooby-Doo where they put the monster suit on. That That's one of the theories <laughs> is that the government did all this stuff in order to freak out the Shermans. Now if they saw someone eating one of those sandwiches that's like, you know, 10 feet tall. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Scooby like, and like, Shaggy. Like the, like the shake like shaggy sandwiches yeah yeah so i don't know i just thought this was it was plausible until you brought up that part i just think that's really funny because if you if you're gonna go through all the trouble to create all this stuff just kill them yeah you know why do you have to scare them off their property so they sell it cheap and and this big low guy was a multi-millionaire so why they wouldn't have to go no why would they have why would he have to buy it cheaply Mm. but yeah i just love that theory that the government and illuminati together you know Went out there in their wolf size spider <laughs> costumes and Is there like someone in the front and someone in the back, yeah. like a horse costume? They also theorized that when the family heard things that sounded like large earth-moving machinery coming from inside the ground, that's because it was large earth-moving machinery. The government slash Illuminati attempting to grab the materials buried in the ground from underneath. Hmm. This also accounted for the large holes that would sometimes appear overnight. That one I kinda I <laughs> that mean, one's weird sure. because I can kinda you know, that's kind of like possible. if there is something on this property and the government wants it, they'll just they'll tunnel in. in from underneath. They'll hire someone like your dad. Yeah, maybe my, <laughs> maybe my dad was there. Yeah, like, you know, I don't know. I I I really like this theory. I don't know if I buy it, but I kind of like this theory about the government slash Illuminati trying to get the stuff off this ranch. And are there earthquakes in the Utah area? I honestly don't know. I don't either. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, that does one of the theories is that the machinery sounds was the government trying to sneak Actual in from machinery. underneath, under, you know, trying to grab these rods of Element One Fifteen or whatever. Is the this heck in is like there. a valley? It's like yeah, it's 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 a surrounded by mountains. It's surrounded by mountains. Because I feel like sound travels really weird yeah. in areas like yeah. that. Yep. So I'm not I, saying I, I buy this theory. I'm just yeah. saying I like this theory. That's interesting. All right, and continuing with the Illuminati slash government things. Bigelow Aerospace, for years, has planned and designed the concept of inflatable space pods that could be carried to space by SpaceX or other privately funded rockets. Once in space, the inflatable pods could be manned. One of Bigelow's pods are currently being tested on the International Space Station. Bigelow Expandable Activity Modules, or BEAMS, have been attached to the International Space Station since 2016. Beam has proven that Bigelow's inflatable pod technology not only works, but also holds up well against the space environment. Now, just two days ago, Bigelow announced the formation of another company called Bigelow Space Operations. Basically, Bigelow Aerospace will build the pods and work on the means to get the pods into space, while Bigelow Space Operations will control the manning and operation of the pods after they are launched. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to trust my life to an inflatable inflatable pod. Yeah. In space. Yeah, but like... Uh, Imagine the, the view of the like flat said, earth you could see from there, though. Like they said on the Sofa King podcast, they're assuming that it's more technical than a like Dora the Explorer bouncy house <laughs> they sent up there. Right. I hope so. Two pods are expected to be sent into space in 2021 on United Space Alliance rockets. The United Space Alliance is a joint venture of Lockheed Martin Space Systems and Boeing Defense Space and Security. These two will be called B330-1 and B330-2. Once they are in orbit, they will be linked together to form a giant space complex. 
This is the first step in a plan to one day market, deploy, and maintain what Bigelow calls the Olympus, an inflatable space hotel, 2.4 times the volume of the International Space Station that will both serve as a research station and as a hotel, allowing people to pay millions of dollars to be able to visit it. Wow. Now, some conspiracy theorists believe that this has been the end goal of the Illuminati all along. The general population on the Earth will be wiped out either by an upcoming war, a major disaster, or wiped out by the Illuminati itself, while the Illuminati remains safely above the space hotel. Bigelow's research into the spacecraft materials they retrieve from the ranch will be used either to ensure the Illuminati members are able to quickly get to the pods, or that they are able to build crafts to venture out into space from the pods if the Earth becomes uninhabitable. And I don't know about the Illuminati stuff, but, you know, I could see, like, the government had areas underground where like in the event of a nuclear war they would yeah, go there was mount weather they had they had seeds yeah, they had, and things like mount that. weather was a city that actually existed underneath a mountain where mm-hmm. the president vice president and all these people were going to go in the, the case bunker, of a nuclear you know, war yeah and i could and they said that basically those aren't feasible anymore because of the bombs that they have now so i could see this i don't know about the illuminati but i could see the space hotels being a place that the government would go the rich in the, and event, the elite yeah you know with like something from a what was that movie with the asteroid Armageddon? Mm-hmm. Like if something is going to happen and they know we're screwed, that the ones that can are in power will go up there and go from there. Hmm. So I don't know this. I thought this was really interesting that I mean, it's possible. It totally sounds plausible. Yeah. But, and it was just weird that this guy that was a hotel tycoon slash aerospace guy, basically his end game was to put a hotel, in, in space, space. <laughs> yeah. So this is almost predictable. Yeah. So there's, there's, it's huh. weird. I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm buying the Illuminati slash government stuff, mm-hmm. but all of that hinges on the fact that something was at Skinwalker Ranch that the government needed. But you know, they say that that something could have been causing whatever was going on there to go on there. So has anyone successfully snuck onto the property and witnessed activity since? That it might be in the stories. That might have been in the stories. But like I said, I didn't really venture into the stories because okay. I knew this was already going to probably be a longish Yeah, we'll try to get podcast. some of that in the follow-up. Yeah, maybe. and I, I really do want to interview somebody that knows more about this stuff because I'm really fascinated by this. Like I said, this goes basically from underground the ranch to the ranch to space. There's so many rabbit holes you could go down yeah, with this. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of stuff online about this. There's been movies made that I guess are really bad, mm. like, you know, found footage type movies. Oh, really? Yeah. About Skinwalker Ranch. Called Skinwalker Ranch, mm. yeah. So there's, I guess they're really not good, but I guess there's some pretty decent documentaries out there. Okay. So that's it. What do you think? I don't know. I've, I've It's it's a term or a place that I've heard about for a long, long time. Not Not until I was part of, you know... I never heard about it as a kid or anything, yeah. but as soon as I started getting into the paranormal, you stumble across this at yeah. some point. Yeah, there's a lot of interest in it. And I definitely had heard a lot about like shapeshifters and the, and the cattle mutilations, but I didn't know that there was all this other stuff yeah, there's reportedly been a, going on a there lot too. Of stuff. I mean, it's like anything. I I'm someone who kind of wants to see it with my own eyes, but yeah. I don't want to go there because I feel like I terrifying. would be more comfortable saying that there was stuff going on there if I could find out more about Nids. Like if I could find yeah. out who was all there, you know, because basically all I can see is that they put together this big group of people, and other than those two, that George Knapp and the other guy, it might have been in the book that I'm unable to find from the library anymore. <laughs> but I don't know. I I honestly don't know. 
what I think. I feel like I, it's I all- personally think that there's weirdness with the Bigelow going into space stuff, but I feel like that might be separate from the Skinwalker Ranch stuff. Yeah, and I feel, but I feel like there's enough people, neighbors, people who've been to the ranch that have had some kind of experience or witnessed something that it, there's got to be something going on there. Yeah. Interesting. It is very interesting. Definitely just scratching the surface, though. Yep. So yep. this is very I, much I'd scratching like to know the surface. Hmm. And I'm, we're going to hopefully have another show about this at some point. Yeah. And we'll maybe get more into the stories of people that have been there. You know, right now they're not letting anybody there. For some reason, it showed up on when I Googled it, it shows up in the sidebar as like a place you can stay or a place you can go. But that's <laughs> really? not, yeah. But, and there's like review, like ratings, <laughs> rated like. There's probably some hokey motel just like uh, the next the town road. over or something. Yeah. But a lot of people in that area, that entire area outside the ranch, have seen, you know, wolf like creatures. They've seen UFOs. So I don't know. I mean, if there was a portal bringing some of this stuff through, where is this stuff? Right. How come there's not more? Maybe it goes back through. Maybe there's, yeah, it could, but you would think there'd be more dead wolf things and wolf-sized spiders. Right. and. That I suppose be... this is probably hundreds of acres, right? I mean, if some no, of these things know. are of natural, no, you know, they're not natural, but, you know, something of flesh and blood and bone, at some point they would just die and disintegrate and be undetectable or... But if they're coming in through a portal... It'd be just as easy to go back out and disappear. It's a 480-acre ranch. That's huge. Yeah, so like it's a huge, huge. It's a huge ranch, and there's wow, a lot of for two hundred thousand well, dollars. Yeah, the, the family wanted to get out of there. Deal. You know, once the dogs yeah. got zapped, he was, uh, you know, get ten acres for that around here. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> you'd sell it dirt cheap too. If probably, you know, some people leave and never sell it because they can't. They just yeah. get out of there. They're lucky they got money for it. I, I guess. But, but there's just so much. That doesn't, you know, like, why was there poltergeist activity? Why did the groceries go back into the bag? Why yeah. well, did they see somebody standing at the foot of their bed looking at them? The the poltergeist activity could be explained if, a, if the shapeshifters can be invisible. Yeah. You know, then it's not necessarily a poltergeist. It's just something you can't see. But it also feels crazy to talk about the possibility of shapeshifters being invisible. 100%. <laughs> so, I don't know. The end of the story, I don't know what to think. I right. think it's, it I is think a lot of something, stuff. I think there's something weird going on with Bigelow with the space stuff. Yeah. But there might not be. I mean, the guy, when you watch, when you see like that 60 Minutes interview, there's a lot of people that said he's obviously bad poop insane, hmm. but he's got a ton of money. And what was interesting, I thought, was that his grandparents, I believe, saw a UFO in their life and that got him into this. And when he was uh-huh. young, he said, I'm going to be rich one day and I'm going to look into this stuff. And he basically. He basically did that. He basically went from nothing to hmm. accumulating all this money and then doing this. Wow. And the space pod thing, I think, it, it, you know, I think it's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. I think it's neat that this could be, you know, that the future. they're bypassing the government stuff and that it's going up on private rockets and, and all that. And from what it sounds like, these things actually really work. Yeah. You know, and if they're going to have a hotel up there, I'll be damned if I'd go visit it. <laughs> you know, I want I nothing know. to do with that. No, 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 I'm good. But yeah, I'm pretty happy down here. Yeah, me too. I don't like unless heights. there's like an Armageddon type situation with an asteroid coming. Then I guess I'll go. Sure. But we'll see when that happens. I'm not sure I can buy my way into that though. No, I got like a couple bucks. Maybe this guy wants to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he'll listen and Maybe. you know decide to throw us a bone. Bob Bigelow, get in touch with us, buddy. Yeah, we could use some money. So yeah, 
That's, Interesting. That's that's Skinwalker, Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch. With a name like that, you know there's got to be some crazy stuff going yeah. on there. Yeah. So what do you guys think? What do you guys think is going on at Skinwalker Ranch? Yeah. Do you think it's legit? Do you think that it's just basically a urban legend? And that's the tough part. It's like there's so many things happening there that I'm not sure I even believe in in the first place. Yeah. So <laughs> Exactly. I don't know. I mean, you have so many things going on there and it's... Wolf size spiders. You know, this That's company, their, this research team was investigating it. Where's the evidence of the stuff they found? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of accounts of things they found, but if they had all these cameras... Yeah, I want to see some evidence. Where's the, where's the footage? Hmm. So yeah, until we get that stuff, it's a really interesting story. Yeah. But I think something is going on there, but I feel like it's not going on to the extent that it's claimed to be going on. Right. Well, stay tuned. Yeah, we will we will we'll touch on this. It. We'll revisit this at some future point. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you like the episode. It probably wasn't as funny as the flat earth one. <laughs> but leave us was, an anonymous question. Leave, yeah, leave us the... an anonymous question. We're gonna put that I'll put that link into the strangers group so you can just let us know. You can ask us about superhero underwear. What anything yeah. you want. I'm curious to know what you guys think. Yeah. Why do superheroes wear their underwear on the outside of their clothes? <laughs> We're gonna look into that for the next. Yeah. It won't be the subject of the next one, but we'll we'll answer <laughs> yeah. it. We will I think answer it. It'd be hard to dedicate a whole episode to that, but you never know. <laughs> but we'll touch on it. So let us know what you think. Get to us with any comments, questions, anything. And until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.